Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. So hi, y'all. It's Danny J. And it's Jill Coleman. So we had a reader DM a while back, um, and she said she loved the women making more money than men episode. Um, but she wanted to have an episode on things to say and not say to your friends that are going through a divorce. And I really loved this one because I've been on both sides now. Being with while I was married, having friends go through divorce and then going through divorce. And there's definitely a weirdness that can happen between people when you're going through a breakup. So I thought this was a great topic because so many people have gone through it, will go through it, and you will definitely know somebody who's going or gone through it. You know, I think divorce and or infidelity and divorce are, let's just, well, I guess we'll keep it to divorce. Um, it's like a lonely place anyway, you know, like, it's like, you already feel like you did something wrong. You already feel like you're isolated, especially if you're in a couple, like a long-term relationship that has a lot of couple friends. Mm. It's like a super lonely place to be. And I think it's similar to when you lose someone in your life. Like if you go through, like if you have a death in the family or death of someone close to you, it's funny how many people who not funny, obviously, but it's ironic how many people, when they lose someone close to them, are surprised at people who don't reach out. And I think it all kind of stems from the same place of insecurity about either not knowing what to say or feeling like um, you're going to say the wrong thing. Um, and so I think it's kind of similar in that way where it's like, okay, some people don't reach out because it feels like awkward or they're not sure what they should say. So they just, especially with social media, you can see something on social media, like, oh, my mom passed away or something. And you can like, just like the comments, mm-hmm. which feels like you did something because mm-hmm. like, you know, but you didn't actually reach out. So it's a really sort of interesting place where we have, we know what's going on with someone, but we're not actually connecting with them. So when someone is going through a divorce, I'll just start with you were there things that people said to you when you were going through your divorce that you were like, Oh, cause I think that's what we're scared of. Right. We don't say the wrong thing. Yeah. And there are kind of some wrong things. Not that it's like, not that it's like bad, but there are some things that maybe the person isn't quite ready to hear yet. So did you, when you were going through your divorce, did you have some people who like literally just ghosted you in your life? And, or did you have some people who reached out and kind of said something that was maybe a little bit off for you? Yeah. Well, I think for what you said to begin with is that people, I think people don't know what to say is often the case, like, especially when it comes to a death and it's like, they don't say anything because they don't want to say the wrong thing. And I think that this could be a really similar case. I think also with divorce, it's interesting because people feel like they need to know all the details so they can make the judgment on what your decision is, which isn't you know, always the fair thing. It's like, you can't, you can't always know all the details of someone's relationship. And I think often, and this isn't always the case for, for us, it maybe felt a little, I'm putting quotes up like easier because there was infidelity, but I know so many people who went through a divorce, who it was like, they just became friends over time. And it just wasn't, 
they just weren't in love anymore and they fell apart and things just weren't working and there wasn't any like big thing. And so a lot of times I feel like someone on the outside is judging that. And so they're like, you guys shouldn't do it. You shouldn't get a divorce while you're the one in the situation going, you have no idea what this is like. I've been dead inside for 10 years or whatever it is. So I think when you're in the situation, you kind of have this innate knowing that everyone is judging you for whatever you do. And so it's tricky to even come out and say it. I know for me personally, um, I wouldn't necessarily say anybody ghosted me, but I, became more secluded in what I was doing. And I think I was really, since I was unsure myself, we went through about a year of separation and I moved to another state. So we weren't quite divorced. I hadn't quite told a lot of people what happened because I didn't necessarily want their input. So I kind of shut down, although on social media, I was still showing up. I don't know if people knew we were apart or not apart. He just wasn't showing up in my stories, but there was one, one person who said one thing that really hurt me. It was an Uber driver. And I think it was either when I was just leaving filing for papers or something, but you know, we're having friendly conversation. Like, what are you here for? And I said, I'm getting a divorce. And he said, Oh, congratulations. And I get it. I think a lot of people, congratulations is in order for their divorce. And maybe I felt like that years later, but in the moment I was so upset and so hurt when he said, congratulations, it just broke my heart. I was like, this is not something to congratulate someone over. Like this is a life that's completely being ruined right now. And it's not a congratulations, but I've seen people have divorce parties and throw parties and say, congratulations. So I think it can be so tricky. It's not like across the board, never say congratulations, but I think you do need to tread lightly and realize that even if it is maybe a good thing, um, that it's still a life that someone thought they were going to have. Nobody got married to break up. They thought they were going to be together for forever, whatever that means. They thought they were going to have a life together. And so there's still some, I don't know, reverence and respect. I think that needs to be approached when someone's splitting up in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I remember just feeling uh, embarrassed. I mean, embarrassed because mm-hmm. of the infidelity, but also just embarrassed that I wasn't good enough to hack it. That's at least how I felt. I don't feel yeah. like that now, but I remember, you know, and you and I've talked about this in several episodes that you and I both sort of had perfectionist tendencies growing up. And so I always needed to have the perfect body that I always need to be good at everything. And I wasn't good at marriage, you know, in that relationship. And I still don't think I'm like actually good at relationships as good as I, some people are. Um, but it's also fine. Like, I think I'm like, I'm fine with that and happy with that. But I think, um, it took me a while to get over the fact that I was like, oh, this is something like, I guess on paper anyway, or from the outside looking in, I'm not good at this. And the judgment is real, you know, and feeling worried that people are judging you like, like, it's almost like this cringeworthy, like, ooh, like, ooh, like, you know, like you're almost like, Ooh, they couldn't know oh, how they just weren't good enough to do it. At least that's how you feel inside. You feel like people are judging you and going, wow, what's wrong with them? What's wrong yep. with her? What's wrong with, you know, and, and it's hard because I think people want the details. Like you mentioned, I think people do want the details. And I remember even having like some, someone even emailed into Sarah, my assistant, 
like two months ago and said, are you and Jade still together? (laughs) What? So someone who's like clearly out of the loop, but it was like, you do have those feelings and it just adds a whole other layer to it when you do have a social media presence and your personal brand. I think one of the things, and I totally agree with you on the like, congratulations, like, yes, it is in in order for some people. Um, I had someone say that I was going to be grateful for it. And I am, by the way, that's why we started the best life podcast really. Um, but I remember like right after someone was just like, you, you should be grateful for this lesson. This is a really big, strong, important lesson you're getting. I was like, yo, bro, I'm not ready for that. That's like, not, av- I'm not available for that, that line of thinking quite yet, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think it's the same thing with infidelity, but also divorce. This was like, I'm not ready for this to be a lesson quite yet. I'm still like yeah. in the shit. I'm still like working it out, but I'm still trying to overcome my feelings of not good enoughness and rejection and all mm-hmm. of these kind of things. And this sort of like embarrassment and shame and, and all that kind of stuff that I have. So I think the thing to probably not say to someone going through it is like, you're going to be so much happier or cause you're not happy. Like, even yeah. though, yes, it's your choice and it's what you want to do. It's still not something that you want to like celebrate. It's still not like you wish you didn't have to, it's almost like you just wish you didn't have to make the choice. Yeah, You wish that you didn't have to. And I think that's what also layers it too, is when you have people from the outside looking in going, like, if they just wanted it enough, they would work on it, you know, and, and I get it. You know, we, we know a lot of people have been married for 20, 30, 40 years and they're going, you know, we don't just get divorced, you'll work on it. And then you just feel like, oh, I guess, did I not work on it enough? Mm-hmm. You know, and so you, you take in a lot of those just other people's, the way they see marriage, especially, you know, and you and I both came from the church, like divorce wasn't a thing. So you have all of these feelings of like, I guess I fucked this up. I guess I'm not good enough for this. I guess I can't hack it. And so I think if someone's fresh off divorce, probably try to not judge in any direction. And I would say, just try and be there for them, but try not to like coach them up. I, I know for me, that's probably not a good, like, I think, I think we want to coach them up because we want to, we want to, we want them to feel better. So we're like, yeah. oh, but like, this will be fine. Right. And you, like, you want them to be fine, but it's also okay. And I think this is preferable as a friend, let them just be sad, right? Let, just hold that space for them. You know, don't have, you don't have to fix it. You don't have to be like, what are we going to, what action are we going to take? It's just literally like, what do you need? Yeah. Let's talk. I'll agree with you. Whatever you want to say, just vent to me. I'll agree with you. I got you. I'm going to hold space for you. We don't have to like take action steps and like learn lessons right this second that will come in time. I think just being there for someone without having to take their pain away. And I think for most people, they're really uncomfortable when someone's going through pain in front of them. So they want to take it away. But I think that all of a sudden, then that person feels rushed and like, they don't feel safe sharing with you. Yeah. I think being able to hold space for someone is so key. Like if there was do's and don'ts, I'd say that's a do and releasing judgment. Um, and that can be hard, you know, you have your own ideas and opinions and you see the circumstance from the outside, but you don't know what it's like and you don't know all of the details. So you can't judge the situation unless you're in it. You really can't, you know, it's hard because did you ever feel, and I think you've mentioned this before, did you, like you and your ex had some friends that were getting divorced, like a couple of your couple of friends were getting divorced. Did you feel like it was contagious? It's funny because we've had some friends of ours who are married. Husbands think that we're making them believe that they should not be in a relationship, right? Like that's a weird thing too. Like as if 
getting divorced is contagious. Believe me, like it wasn't my first choice. Like it was, I mean, it was yeah. my choice, but like, I don't want people to get divorced. It's not, I'm not like a champion for divorce. You know, I'm not yeah. like, Oh, my girlfriend's in marriage is fuck you. Like, it's literally like, I wish I didn't have to get divorced. You know, I wish I could still be happily married. I can't. So did you have that feeling of like, Ooh, like you almost like, I think maybe that's why people ghost like, yes. Oh my God, am I, am I going to catch it? Yes. Or like it's think- just the energy. I don't want to be around that energy. I think that's a really, really big thing. Um, so when I first, so when my ex-husband and I, we were living with a friend, some cu- a couple friend of ours, couple, a cup two, we were living with another couple. However you say that. And she ended up leaving the relationship. She was my best friend. And so I remember when all this was going down, my husband looked at me and he's like, you don't want to leave too, right? And I was like, no, she's like on her own with that. I don't know what's going on with her. So we were best friends. So he thought like, if you guys are friends, you must be talking. So if she wants to leave, maybe you want to leave too and got a little bit scared. And so there is an interesting shift that happens in couples, especially once the newly single person maybe starts dating and going out because there's this fear of like, oh, you want to go out and have fun now? And that happened to me on the other side where I left my marriage. I went to Australia with one of my best friends and I was single. I was dating while I was there. She was not single and we were hanging out and I was talking to her, but she was having issues in her own marriage at home. And I ended up getting a call from her husband and he was super upset with me. He was like, stop telling my wife, like, it's better to be single. And it basically just got really upset. He thought I was like trying to pull her out of her marriage. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've been telling her, you guys need to go to counseling. She has kids. I'm like, there's no way I would want to split up a family. There's no way I would ever, ever tell my friend she needed to get a divorce before trying every possible way to save the marriage. And so it was his perception because they were having their relationship problems. And then she and I were having fun. So he put that on as like, oh, she wants to have fun and be single. And it's easy to see how you can jump to that conclusion. And so I think a lot of times married couples, when they maybe have a couple friends and one splits off, they don't want the other person to hang out with the new leaf single person. Cause they think maybe it's grass is greener on the other side, or they're going to get ideas of like leaving. And I think that that's a really, I don't want to say it's unfounded, um, but I think you have to make sure your relationship's tight, you know, and, and have those conversations with your partner and go like, Hey, just cause Sally's single now, like, is that something you want to do too? Because Sally might feel like she wants you to go out with her. She wants a girlfriend to go out while she's seeing guys. It doesn't mean she wants you to be single too, but it is, it is weird to suddenly try to go out. So like you and I were both single at the same time, we could go out and have fun. It would have been tricky if all of my friends, and maybe that's why we just became so much closer because we were in the same scenario. It would have been hard to hang out with some of my married friends and do those things. Like they need to go home to their families, they need to go home to their husbands, they need to go home to their kids. Um, and I wouldn't have tried to make them do that or make them feel like they should be on the divorce train with me because it was also a lonely place. You know, we're going out a lot of times just to kill time, kill the loneliness, avoid, you know, the feelings. So I don't know. I think, I think there's something to the, to the fact that couples might think it's contagious or they're worried that someone else is going to see, like, it looks more fun. Cause it can on the outside look like, oh, you're having so much fun. And like, maybe this married life is boring, but I, the reality is, and I know if you talk to all, most of the single people, they wouldn't have gone through what they had to go through 
like that wasn't the, the first choice. Yep. No, for sure. You know, and I totally agree with that. I think there's also that feeling of, and I think if you're going through a divorce, you probably have experienced this where if you're friends with couples, the couple feels like they might need to take sides and sort of choose a person. So I was lucky that, you know, for the most part, my divorce ended amicably, but there was a period of time there where my brother, Dan, who you guys know has been on the podcast. He's my best friend. Like he felt a little torn because he was really close to my ex-husband because my, you know, my brother lived with my ex and I for about three years and he felt really torn. And there was a couple moments where, and you know, it, this was my stuff, but I did feel sort of betrayed and it's not that he did anything wrong, but I felt a little betrayed, like, Hey, if we're getting divorced, you don't still get access to my people, right? Like you don't still get access to my brother. He's on my team. He's my family. Like, sorry, but, and I would have felt the same way if, if Jade had said that about his family, I was really close with his family. I'm really close with his sister-in-law. Um, luckily no one had to choose, but there were a couple of moments. And then I had a conversation with Dan and he was just like, look, I don't want to have to take teams, but if I do, I'm fucking on your team. 100%. Like you let me know what the rules are for you, what you feel comfortable with. And I just needed that. That's all I needed was for him to acknowledge it. And as soon as he did, I was like, oh, cool. I'm cool with everything. I'm fine with everything. But it was just having that little, it wasn't that he betrayed me. I just felt ownership. I was like, sorry. Like if you, if you, you know, cheat on me you don't have access to my people anymore. Like it was almost like a little bit of punishment. Right. And then when Dan sort of acknowledged it and was like, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but let me, I don't know what the rules are to his credit. He didn't fucking know what the rules are. I didn't even know what the rules were. And so I think us having those conversations really helped elucidate what was going on there. Cause he didn't know how to act. I didn't want to tell him what to do but I also wanted to feel in solidarity with my people. And so that was a kind of a weird thing that I think people probably experience like, oh, am I allowed to see the other person? Am I allowed to still hang out with that person? Like, and the answer is yes. And I think highest level, everyone should just get over their shit and be able to hang out with whoever and not make it mean like you're taking a team or you're on this side or whatever. It's just like, it is what it is. And like, luckily I think for, for me, we did have an amicable enough split that like everyone still gets to be really close and it's fine. I really like that. And I think, you know, if we're giving some do's and don'ts, maybe to have that conversation of, you know, whoever you're close to, Hey, how do you feel about me still talking to your ex? And like, I still want to have a relationship with them. I understand that it might be hurtful to you. These are my intentions. Like I still have your back but they also still have a place in my heart as well. Totally. And just having that conversation, I think can ease a lot by not saying anything, it can make things awkward and weird. And so I think that's actually really cool that he kind of said, Hey, I got your back, but like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, He was like, you know, I'm obviously close to Jay, but I won't see him. If he said, literally, I won't see him if you don't want me to. Yeah. And just him saying that, you know, made me just be like, dude, you're the best do whatever you want. Right. And like, I totally like intellectually, I get why you're still close to him. Of course I do. It just, it gave me that emotional hit for a second, but having that conversation just really cleared things. And it wasn't that I was right. In fact, I was really, you know, sensitive and I was really defensive at the, in the time, in the moment, understandably, but you know, it was just us having that conversation. So there is a lot of like weird stuff that happens around, especially if you are friends with a couple that's going going through divorce, you're like, how I think I think in all situations, honest and open communication is probably just like the foundation. If you're wondering about something, you should ask the person. Yeah. Like literally, you can say, 
Hey, I want to support you through this. What's, what do you need from me? Like, what's the best way I can support you to me? That's like, and you would say the same thing through if someone was like, uh, lost a family member, like was going through, you know, lost someone passed away. It's like, what do you need? How can I support you? Yeah. Do you need to talk? Do you need me to run some errands for you? Do you want me to hold some space for you? Do you want to vent to me? I'm happy to do whatever you need. Right. And that's all you need to do. I think even just asking that and somehow like realizing that we're not supposed to know how to do this. I think it's okay yeah. to not know how to do this, but you do have to ask if you're wondering. And I think that takes care of a lot of it. Yeah. And I think too, asking gets rid of a lot of assumptions because like that guy who said, congratulations to me, there's the assumption of like, I wanted it. It's good. And it's, you know, so I think asking questions of just how do you feel about this? Where are you at? There's a lot of, I think when it comes to divorce, there's stages of grief and there's anger, (laughs) there's sadness, there's acceptance, there's all of the stages. And so they might be in a place where they're just pissed off and angry. And maybe they just need you to hold space for that. And that may be just a phase. It doesn't mean they're going to be angry all the time or they're sad, or they're finally like, you know what, this is good. I can see the light. But I think being able to ask the questions instead of assuming that they must be psyched about this, this is their idea, or they must be sad. This is terrible. They might not be sad. They might be happy. They might not be happy. They may be angry. There's so many phases. And so I think just asking will go a long, long way. Yeah. I think one of the worst things that you can do is, is just like ghost them though. Yeah. Cause again, you're already just piling on the shame that someone already feels about not being able to hack it. Right. Yeah. So if people sort of check out, you're like, well, I guess not only am I like losing this, you know, my, the number one person in my life, but I'm also losing Same. all of these friends who I could really mm-hmm. use for support right now. Yeah. Um, and that the person who's going through the divorce, they have a responsibility to share with the people in their lives, how they can support them. Right. Like if you want support, you can't just sit there and assume people know how to, you know, you can say literally like, Hey, do you mind if I call you? And we just, and I try to talk to you about some stuff. Are you available for that? And that's really scary. Cause we don't want to be a burden to people. Right. We don't want to. And, but I've done that with you. I've done that with Dan. Like, you know, if there's, if I'm struggling with something, I will literally be like, Hey, can I just talk this through with you right now? Like, do you have a few minutes? Yeah. And if you don't cool, we can catch it up tomorrow or this weekend or whatever. It's not urgent. But I think it takes a lot of, to me, those, that those conversations really deepen the friendship because it is vulnerable to ask for help. We've talked about this so many times in the podcast, you know, it shows you what your friends are made of. And as a friend, I would like to be that person for you. Like, give me the opportunity to be there for you. Give me the benefit of the doubt that I can handle it. You know, when someone doesn't, who's close to me, or I think we're close, doesn't ask for my help. I don't take it personally. I get it. But I'm also just like, gee, I wish that they felt comfortable enough to come to me. I wish they felt courageous enough or like, or how can I, you know, lower the barrier to entry. So they feel like they can come to me more, you know? So I'm always evaluating myself as a friend and also putting myself out there to my friends and, and hoping that they can hold it down. You know, it's not a test. I'm like, Oh, let me see if they can hold it down for me. I'm literally like, Hey, do you have a few minutes? And if they don't, that's cool. I don't take it personally, but I'm just like, I want people in my life who are able to hold it down and who I'm able to hold it down for. Yeah. I think too, if people come to you later, um, another like thing that doesn't help to say, I know for me, I was going through a lot at the time and I couldn't verbalize it and I didn't want people to know. And I was trying to manage it all. But later I kind of had said what, how I was struggling. And I think I had told my brother and his wife maybe about something. I was like, I was really struggling at this time and I was really in pain. And they were like, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you say something about them? They made it about them. And I was like, 
I couldn't, I didn't, and I couldn't, and nobody asked and I was where I was. So then it felt like I still can't tell you because now I'm in trouble for not telling you before. So I think if you know somebody and maybe they went through it a couple of years ago, maybe it's been two, three years, you can still go to them and say, Hey, I didn't realize you were going through this and I'm still here for you now. And I'm sorry, you know, if you didn't feel like you could talk before. And so I think it's not too late. Um, if anything, I think, you know, if you feel like there's been some distance and someone's been through something like that, I would encourage you to reach out now if the relationship matters to you and if the person matters to you. And if you feel like there's been some changes, I don't think it's too late. And I think a lot of times people maybe were like, maybe like me where they weren't coming out and they weren't talking about it because of the fear of judgment. And so maybe now is a good time to try to rekindle the relationship and tell them you're thinking about them and, you know, you'll, you'll still be there for them. Yeah. And if someone comes to you years later and shares that with you, don't be like, how come you didn't tell me? Like, it's don't make it about you. Do not make it about you. Like they're going through their own process. They were trying to do the best they could. Don't take it personally. Just hold it down. Yep. Yep. Well, hopefully this helps. Um, If you've gone through it. Yeah. I'd like to know Please post in the group. If you go to the bestlifepodcast.com, you can share some things maybe that didn't help or that did help that you know, some people have like workout buddies. Maybe we have divorce buddies. You know, that's what you were for me. I think that definitely helps. Yeah. I think it does. Just like someone who gets it, someone who like has been there, you know, and who gets it. And instead of a workout buddy, you got a divorce buddy. So maybe we can pair up in the group. (laughs) If you don't feel like you have anyone in your life who really gets it, or you feel really alone, if you feel, I mean, I know we're like strangers on the internet, but you know, Byron Katie always says there are no new stories. And I believe that mm-hmm. I think the feelings are universal, the feelings of guilt, shame. And, and you guys have told us that like, listen to these episodes. You're like, that's exactly how I felt. It's like, because not that, cause we know you, but because we know ourselves and that was mm-hmm. the shit that we were going through. And so, you know, it's those emotions are not, um, the emotions are not unique. And so, you know, post in the group. And if you want to chat with someone else in the group and maybe, you know, kind of talk through some of that stuff and share with us, that would be amazing. And there's nothing you could share that we haven't already thought about (laughs) that. We haven't had the experience of that. Like there's no emotion that like you could share that like, like it was just a no judgment zone. I think you guys get that. Um, So yeah, we'd love to hear the bestlifepodcast.com. Love it. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.